So now we're going to just answer some common questions related to this mindset module here in the Molt Method program. And um, if this was not one of your questions, just keep in mind that if you are part of the community, that you can ask your questions directly of me. And I hold office hours a couple of times a month. So you definitely want to, um, to use that to, um, to really you know, get my help thinking through, like how would I have um, dealt with some situation? What might I have done to, um, to just get through it quicker? Um, or even if it wasn't to get through it quicker, to get through it with more awareness and to milk more value out of it. So number one, how do I know whether I'm focused on love or fear? So um, there is a quote that says, if it's not love, it's fear. So it's pretty easy for us to know when we're just operating from love and appreciation. And so if we're not operating from love and appreciation, then we're afraid of something. There is some fear behind, um, behind what our reaction is. And it, there are so many things that we could find as the actual cause of that. So I won't even go down that rabbit hole with you, but it's not anything to um, be in denial over. The minute we turn to awareness and acceptance, all of a sudden we can begin to unravel it. And then it doesn't hold the same power over us. And that's what we really want is to have, you know, control over ourselves, our emotions, as much of our environment and world as we, you know, possibly can. There are a lot of things out of our control. So when we've got something that is possible for us to control, let's like seize it and do it. What should I do when I can't find anything to appreciate? That's impossible. <laughs> it is possible that you are so stuck in your um, current situation that you just can't see the forest for the trees. Um, one of the best ways to kind of break that situation, um, kind of break through the resistance is to go out for a walk. If you can get out in nature, that's fantastic. But if you can't get out in nature, do it wherever you can, but just get out of that routine, wherever you are, um, you need to have a change of scenery. I encourage you to leave your phone um, unplug and just go out for a 30 minute walk. And, um, and as you're walking, make it a point to notice things that maybe you hadn't noticed before. And if that's not possible and your mind's just going a thousand miles an hour, then um, just let it go, let it play out and don't be in resistance to it. At a certain point, if you're not in resistance to it, it will lose some of its um, power, um, energy, if you will, 
And at that point, then you can kind of break through and go, oh, isn't that interesting? Look at that building. I never noticed that building before. Oh, that's an interesting color they painted. Oh, look, I think they painted the shutter a different color. Oh, wow, somebody must have just cut the grass or wow, that grass could use to be cut. But look at those dandelions that are growing right there in the grass, like just um, random thoughts that are just distractions from what your current thought process is. And then as you sort of have a little crack opening, now you can be a little more um, progressive <laughs> with thoughts that are even more um, along the lines of appreciation. Should I force myself to think positive? Hopefully you answered this correctly and that is absolutely not. Um, you should acknowledge how you're thinking and feeling and, um, and um, soothe yourself, tell yourself it makes sense that you would have some fear-based reaction. Um, even if you don't fully understand it, um, you trust that you're having some reaction that makes sense. And, um, and then you just want to start easing your way out of it. Um, hopefully within a few hours or a few days. But if it takes longer than that, because it's a really big issue, then, um, then go back to this module and, um, and watch it again, where I made some suggestions for how to deal with situations that have you really feeling stuck. How do I know if I'm doing a spiritual bypass? So if you are smiling when something should really be sad and um, or causing you anger. You know, sometimes it's not uncommon for us to just laugh and go, I can't believe you did that. Ha ha ha. You know, that is sort of one um, reaction that only you maybe know what's really going on inside of you. But if you are having an um, encounter and you're pretending it's not bothering you when it really is, that's a spiritual bypass. Now, sometimes I will say that to protect your own personal safety, that spiritual bypass may be what's necessary right now. If the person you're engaging with isn't safe for you, if the situation, the wherever you are isn't safe for you, go ahead don't deal with it right now. Do whatever you need to do to get out of the situation, but don't go forward thinking that you got away with that and it didn't affect you. It affected you and it needs to be processed. It needs to be dealt with and you need to allow those emotions to find their way out, not be stuffed down inside your body. Can you give me an example of how to apply the SAGE technique? So um, again, from the module, the SAGE technique is the technique I developed and talked about in my uh, previous book, SAGE Advice. S is for slow down, A is for acknowledge the thought, G is for generate ideas, and E is for evaluate the outcome. And so if I was going to um, apply the SAGE technique, let's just say I am considering moving to a new area, okay? and and so there are a lot of pros and cons to moving to a new area, right? 
Um, and you want to know that you're, that you're doing the right thing. You're making a, a wise choice. And so the first thing you want to do is slow down. And that most often for me looks like getting out in nature, maybe taking a couple of days away for personal retreat, certainly involves journaling and, um, and really um, allowing my thoughts and feelings to be expressed without filter them, filtering them through what somebody else thinks. You want to you wanna know what's really right for you. And then if you're concerned about how what's right for you is going to affect someone else, you can do that in your own private space. Certainly that's something to consider. If you have a family and moving is going to affect your kids, then you are going to have to factor them in too, right? But you want to be able to do that processing and think about how you want to deal with that um, in your own private space before everybody gets all worked up over it. So then if you start to have a lot of fear thoughts about it, like let's just say in this particular situation, you start thinking, oh, my kids are going to have a fit because they're, you know, they've got activities or friends or whatever. And so now you start going into the fear of it and those thoughts start taking hold and amplifying <laughs> themselves. And so now you're going to acknowledge the thoughts and you're going to say, okay, those thoughts aren't really helping. I don't know for sure that my kids would not have some other reaction, especially if we discuss it um, uh, as a family. And so just acknowledging the thoughts and acknowledging how you're sort of imagining how it's going to happen before you've even really experienced it. So, um, so those can be really helpful um, to, it can be really helpful to acknowledge the thoughts that you're actually having and then generate ideas. Then you're going to think, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen is that my kids just go full on ballistic and the family blows up over it. And then that's probably not going to happen. So what's going to happen, you know, that's a little less bad, a little less bad, a little less bad. How do I, how am I going to be compassionate, have empathy, realize that it's an adjustment for everybody, understand that you've been working through this problem. And this applies to absolutely any problem that you could be facing. You've been dealing with this problem for a while. So when you finally do bring other people into it, they don't have all the um, processing time <laughs> that you got under your belt. And so it might take them a minute to um, to get up to speed with you and then evaluate the outcome. So this can be really helpful once you've kind of gotten through the, whatever the situation is that you've been dealing with to look at how you did it. Did it work out well? If it didn't work out well, what could you have done differently? If it did work out well, what did you do that you feel like contributed to it working out really well? So um, evaluating the outcome um, is a really powerful um, part of the process. 
And in business, you know, a lot of times we do kind of a debrief out after an event or something like that, because we want to be able to um, learn from what didn't work and make sure we remember what did work to apply next time. How do I stop wallowing once I've allowed it to start? Um, so in the module, I talked a lot about this and um, wallowing has kind of a negative connotation, but I will say that I don't necessarily think wallowing is a bad thing. Um, in fact, um, I, I refer to wallowing lovingly because when I give my space, myself that space to wallow in the feelings that I'm having, I've accepted it. Um, and I, um, am not trying to stuff the feelings. I'm trying to express the feelings and I'm trying to make sure that I get the value that's there out of them. So, um, if you have gone through a period of wallowing and the wallowing has gone past a few weeks and certainly past a few months and you just can't break out of a real feeling of stuckness, then I suggest that you get some professional help because, um, because you are in a loop that, um, that somebody's got to help you have a pattern interrupt and reframe how you're thinking about the situation. What should I do when I have disagreements with my spouse? <laughs> um, I would suggest that you and your spouse work with a counselor that's really good with helping couples develop communication skills. Um, the most powerful thing to watch is a couple who acknowledge each other, speak with each other, um, respectfully, um, 95 plus percent of the time. And, um, and when they have some issue that they need to work through, they have a process that they've developed to help them do that. And that typically is to create some sort of container. And, um, and when we're triggered, we're going to use this container we've planned in advance so that things don't escalate. When things escalate, then they end up um, creating hurts that are really hard to undo. So, um, so that's my suggestion. And a lot of times, um, this, this is beyond the scope of this program for sure, but um, a lot of times working with a counselor that's particularly skilled at helping um, uh, re in relationship counseling, helping partners learn to communicate lovingly and compassionately and with empathy is, um, is just, you know, a skill that not only will that skill dramatically improve your relationship with your spouse, but it will serve you in every area of your life. So highly recommended. Um, how do I communicate about stress with loved ones? So stress, as you know, from listening to me now for a while, um, stress is life-threatening and you can sugarcoat it um, because yes, there is an element of stress that's good for us. It's called eustress, EU stress. We've talked a little bit about that previously. 
But if we allow stress to get out of control, out of hand and stress and allow stress to escalate to the point where it takes our parasympathetic nervous system offline, um, activates our sympathetic nervous system long-term, now we've taken our immune system offline long-term and without our immune system, basically um, uh, pathogens, the bad stuff (laughs) has uh, uh, a fair game, free game, um, can just run amok with our bodies and our systems. And so um, I think it's easiest to communicate with anybody um, about stress when they understand the effects that it has on their health. And we all know that we need our immune system to stay on high alert and to uh, get the job done without kind of going wonky and having overreaction. Um, And so if stress is contributing to our immune system malfunctioning, then certainly we want to do something to pull that back, right? Okay, so that's the questions that I have um, for this module. Again, I've just accumulated some questions that are pretty common questions um, that I answer on a regular basis. And so, um, again, if you've got questions and you're part of the community, I just want you to make sure you submit your questions and you can refer to the module that you were watching and, um, and what in particular just had you thinking, like, how would I have applied it in this situation? Okay, well, thanks for uh, sticking with me through module two, and we will see you in module three.